Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that we've watching it team play tonight in the Champions League against Real Madrid, just 48 hours after Manchester United took on the mighty Lask. There are levels to this. For such a big game, we've once again brought out the big guns. Guests who in podding terms would give Ali, Frazier and Foreman a run for their money. First off, he floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee. It's Aysan. Hello, sir. Morning. Next up, we have a one-man thriller in Manila. It's Smoking Lloyd, except for Lloyd isn't here anymore. Last but by no means least, we also have a man who makes amazing grilled cheese sandwiches. It's <laughs> Howard. See, it's a good intro and it's been ruined by the absence of Lloyd. So thanks for that, Lloyd. <laughs> but hello, Howard. How are you, sir? I'm okay, thanks. Apologies do, for... Do a mean Welsh rabbit, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was pleased with that intro as well. Never mind. Right, let's get straight into this. Um, there's loads to discuss, and there's an additional topic to discuss, which kind of came to light yesterday, which is the expected departure of Eric Garcia. Um, very straightforward question, starting with you, Sam. Just your thoughts on it. Um, I mean, when the news first broke, I found myself far more bothered than I, than I, uh, I kind of imagined I would be if something like that happened. Um, but they kind of calmed down a little bit overnight. Look, he is from Barcelona and we took him from their academy. If he wants to go home, that's his business. And with a year left on his contract, he's entitled to make that call. Um, I think that for me to pass comment on whether it's a good move or a bad move, whatever I say, I sound a bit, you know, biased because I'm a City fan. But for me personally, Barcelona are in a mess right now. They've got, you know, a parade of centre-backs who they're paying 200 grand a week plus two. So I don't really see where Garcia will fit in. Now, I'm sure that with the money problems that Barcelona have, they may well end up selling some of those centre-backs. And Garcia's contract certainly won't be the... uh, 200, 230 grand a week that they're paying to UMTE and all the rest of the centre-backs that they've got there. And obviously, PK being the age that he's at, it, it kind of does... You can see why, if they've dangled that carrot to Garcia, that you'll succeed PK and be the kind of homegrown leader of, of Barcelona over the next 10 years, then fine. I mean, you know, I get it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... That maybe the the one thing that has slightly bothered me um, is the fact that we're breaking this news in the press conference for the Madrid game the day before the Madrid game. Now I know Pep, and I know that he's not going to let something like that disrupt preparation. But it's just you know it's a very superficial thing, but it doesn't feel nice when you're going into such a big game and the first. One of the first things that Pep's saying in the press conference is one of the players who we expected to start actually doesn't want to be here anymore and doesn't want to sign a contract because obviously there will be a knock-on effect in that I don't think he'll start tonight. So, yeah, that's those are my, my thoughts. Okay. Uh, Howard, I've seen quite a few people mention his lack of height, his lack of physique, uh, even his lack of pace, um, and suggesting that he may not have been you know, a first-team starter for the next decade, as anticipated by some of us. Where do you fall on that? <laughs> I'm going to sound like the spurned boyfriend if I uh, 
there was the thing at the back of my mind in the last few months where I felt like I was didn't want to say anything because I was just going along with the crowd and maybe was I not seeing what others saw. But I've <laughs> if I just forget anything that's been said about him and just see watch him as a player, then I've not been stunningly impressed by him. But the caveat is he's 19 years old. I don't expect him to be strolling around the pitch like Paolo Maldini. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a kid, so... But he's not going to get tall, he's not going to get faster, but I think his positioning has been pretty average as well. What he is is clearly classy as anything on the ball. You know, and he's a smooth operator, he's, and he fits into our side perfectly because of that. But with our high line, I don't know, he may be better suited in the league. It all sounds like we didn't want him anyway. But I'm... I'm annoyed because obviously as a 90, he's got so much development to do. That's not to say he wouldn't have been a huge success here. And it's just another problem we don't need. But I'm not quite as devastated because I didn't see, I didn't see this, you know, future world class play that others did. Uh, obviously, well, until he's like 23, 24, you can't get a better idea anyway. And for that age, perhaps I'm being overly harsh on him. Uh, so. It is what it is, as Asan said. He's from Barcelona. I think Sam said on the podcast this week, he's got a girlfriend there. He's not never bought a house or anything. He's still staying at the academy and, you know, he's not really settled. Obviously, you wonder why he came here in the first place if he's got, obviously, a Barcelona boy who's, and it's his boyhood club. And it poses separate questions in a way of, the, you know, how we trade with, you know, teenage footballers around the world is quite... Mm. Yeah, there's a whole different topic to discuss there that so many move about like this that you just shrug your shoulders and say, well, that, yeah, that's what he wants, nothing we can do about it. The main Absolutely. point is is the last one that Asan said. I'm extremely annoyed at the timing of this. It's just like yeah. this competition in City, it's like, yep, yeah, huge match. <laughs> and could it just go smoothly? Can we just play the football and see what happens? No, of course we can't. Garcia for me is utterly pissed me off because this if he wants to go absolutely fine that's it's a job a career and he should be allowed to but why do it this week uh, well how much can be blamed you know how much can the blame be put at his door as regards to the timing Um, oh yeah of course it can just say look this could be sorted at the end of the season which might be Saturday (laughs) you know know, it just doesn't have to be done this week it's Again, it's unnecessary that it's come to this and that we find ourselves in this position. And really, you know, he's a kid, 19 year old, just know better than to put the club in this position. And now we've got, you know, a huge selection dilemma, which no doubt we'll discuss. Just annoys me, just with this competition, we just see stupid things happen all the time. And this sums it up in a way. So, couldn't just go into it smoothly and deal with this at the end of the season. And if he went, he went. So, that annoys me more than the fact that he's leaving, to be honest. Mm. One other thing if I he's leaving, say. by the way, I, I should also say, I'm extremely. I'm. I would put money on the fact he'll be at City next season. So no chance. Well, I Barcelona are going to offer about, a derisory amount, aren't they? So the the reports out of Barcelona are that they they are already aware that they're going to have to pay twenty million euros uh-huh. and that don't really have a problem with that. Um, uh-huh. So I'm surprised. Right, okay, well, let's move on to the main topic of uh, discussion today, which is obviously City v Real Madrid this evening. City, a tournament favourite, and many Blues, despite themselves, feel this might be the year we go all the way in the Champions League. 
what does this present side have, Howard, that previous sides have lacked to justify this optimism? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Next question. <laughs> well, there's nothing different about this side that makes me think, oh, they're, you know, they stand so, out. So why, why are we favourites? Well, I think we are most seasons. I don't know. I could have made a fortune by laying us off over the years. And True. But bear in mind, we're, we're not only favourites, but we're favourites with an extra game to play than two other uh, competitors. You and know, a tough draw, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I've no idea why we're the favourites. It might not just be about City, Bayern are strong, but Barcelona are struggling and have, you know, Juventus, they both have work to do to get through. Uh, Juventus have a second leg as well, don't they? Yeah, they are. Barcelona, yeah. You know, as we know, all over the place. If, obviously, we've got this lead against Real Madrid, so if we see it through, that's Madrid out, Liverpool are out. So there's other things like that. It's like, what is the... What's? It's not just about how good City are, it's about what's left in the competition and... Maybe, you know, they've looked at it and thought, well, it's not the toughest, even despite the draw, it's not the highest, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, it's big clubs that are functioning normally and at their peak right now. And in these strange times, maybe it suits City as well. But to be honest, no, I don't think there's anything different to, say, last year or the year before. Uh, you know. We've we've been in the position to win it for a few years, so nothing's changed in that respect for me. It's whether you believe they have the mentality in house to do it, because of course the fact is we haven't won it before. We've not been to a final. Uh, Guardiola has not been to a final for nine years or won it or whatever. Does that matter? No. Uh, yeah. Does it? Is it relevant to this year? Probably not. But yeah, I. I yeah, I'm the arch well, pessimist all the time, but as a gambler, you wouldn't put money on City at two to one to win the Champions no, League no, because no, there were a number of no. teams we could win it. Uh, we've got a good enough team to win it, and that you know, I'm not saying we've got no chance. Uh, we've got a good a chance as anyone, but yeah, there's a long way to go. So, okay, well, let's kind of ask the question from a different kind of angle uh, to you, Asan. I just kind of get the feeling, and it's hard to put my finger on this that in previous seasons, City have had uh, an insecurity, if you like, a, a kind of feeling that, they, you know, that they're not capable of doing it, just undermining them at every turn. I don't feel that's there this season. I feel that within the squad, they have a firm belief that they are capable of doing this. Mm. Uh, am I talking bollocks there? No, I think, actually, a little bit, you're... You're taking the answer that I was going to use to disagree with Howard. I think right. the thing that's different, this well, so the thing which is different each season is you have a little bit more experience, right? The mm. collection of players have a little bit more experience. And I think that, you know, there's been a kind of an almost Wild West nature to our knockout games in the last couple of seasons. And I think that they will have been... Uh, or at least I hope that that will have been a, a a learning curve for for everybody in the squad and in the team. And I think that what I hope and what I feel that we showed in Madrid, maybe for the first time under Guardiola in a big Champions League knockout game, was uh, composure and nous. Yeah, and I think that those two things we have lacked more than any skill or quality in the last two years in the Champions League in the uh, in the knockout stages. So I think when I when I 
if I feel more confident, obviously, if you beat, if you, if you're winning 2-1 against Madrid going into the home tie, you have to be confident. Um, they're obviously a top team and on any day they can kill you, but we're also a top team and on any day we can kill you too. So it becomes about, well, who's weak where and who's strong where. And I think that we all know that we feel a little bit defensively where, uh, we can be a little bit open and a little bit weak. But I also feel that in Madrid, we showed uh, a, a collective nous and an organization that allowed us to be dangerous without being wide open at the back. Um, and I think that that's something that we will replicate tonight. I don't expect that it will be a fast, furious, high-press, aggressive attacking performance in the first 30 minutes I expect that Pep will back the team to be able to contain Madrid and then go the other way when the opportunity arises and and get a goal Um, so it's kind of a long-winded way of saying that my where I'm putting my positivity is in experience it's in the idea that even if it's just 90 minutes in the first leg against Madrid it was exactly the type of performance and result that we've not had in the knockout stages of the Champions League under Pep, certainly in the big ties. Um, so to do that once, I feel a bit more confident that we can do it again. And look, we're going to push forward a little bit to the, to the idea of like team selections, but I think it might, the Garcia thing might be a blessing in disguise because I felt very sure that Pep was going to play Garcia. And it made me a bit uncomfortable because he's obviously got quality on the ball, but, you know, he's 18, 19 years old. He's shown enough defensive lapses, enough kind of little positional things that you think guys with the experience of Benzema, Hazard, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big ask. And it is the fine margins, like Pep says in the Champions League. So because of those fine margins, I was a little bit nervous about the idea of Garcia. I feel it's almost impossible that he starts now. And and that's probably a blessing in disguise. Okay. Uh, Another reason for me, um, for the odds, for the short odds, is clearly we have prioritised the Champions League this season from the get-go. First of all, how would, would you go along with that assessment? And if so... Do you think that's had any negative impact on our league showings? I wouldn't say we've clearly prioritised it, now. I mean, in all the kind of <laughs> the comments made by Pep and the team selections, and I've just, well, personally, I've just had that feeling from the start this season. I don't know. I think the league went, yeah, wrong <laughs> so early on. Yeah. But yeah, the decision was kind of made that you're putting the eggs in this basket instead. So I guess, yeah. Could be because, that. you know, I think by December, and obviously that's a group stuff, irrelevant of, of uh, priorities, we should be getting through the group stage easy enough either way. But with the league effectively gone by December, then it was pretty clear, you know, that the ch- it was the Champions League or, or bust, really. So Yeah, okay. Okay, um, how would... Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll go to you, Aysan. Um What are the key events that have taken place in the intervening months that will make this game so very different from the first leg? So from the from the final whistle back in February to kind of today, what's what's been the kind of things which are going to change very much tonight's game to to back then? Um, 
You know, probably something that we we haven't talked about a lot, uh, but which I think will have some bearing, whether it's positive or negative, we'll have to wait and see, is Guardiola has a new assistant who, uh, yes. unless I'm mistaken, certainly wasn't around when we played uh, Madrid in the first leg. Um, and even if he was around, his impact will have grown the longer that he's been with the side. Um, so I think that, you know, that... That will have an impact. But actually, beyond that, I don't know if there's a great deal because I felt as though the performance in Madrid, against Madrid, was excellent. And if you look at the players who performed well and the roles that they performed in, I don't feel that any of those players, if you fast forward to today, form-wise, you look at and go, well, their form's fallen off a cliff. I think, you know... Gabi Jesus, to some extent, is a little bit of an enigma for some of us. But, you know, he's no different now to what he was then. I think, if anything, the big difference is Sterling is fully fit, and he wasn't fully fit then. Uh, obviously, Aguero isn't fit, but I remember before the first game, people saying, well, you know, is Aguero definitely, definitely a shoe-in if he's fit? And I would argue if Aguero was 110% fit, maybe he wouldn't be a shoo-in for tonight. So, you know, just with, with Pep, it's very hard to predict. So I think in terms of looking at how we're different, I don't think that we're massively different. I think, you know, I don't know how you two feel, but somehow I feel as though Kev has been at his imperious best since lockdown was uh, lifted for football. Mm. And I feel as though Phil Foden has gone up a level since lockdown was lifted for football. So maybe those are two big positives that I can that I can kind of take out of it. I think Rodri, the longer he has with the team, with Pep, with the coaches, will, fingers crossed, be better for him. So I'm not trying to make positives where there aren't any. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I was going to mention the psychological kind of uplift that we've had since lockdown because it's, you know, we've, we've let go of the league it, it, and we've not only have we let go of the league, but, you know, because it was, it was a futile kind of endeavour to begin with. Um, or certainly has been for the last six months or so, but also we've had sufficient time now to, for it to just settle in on the players and just let that kind of whole league season go. So my feeling really is that since lockdown, we've just come back just a lot more relaxed, just as if we've just let all that kind of, you know, insecurity and, and whatever, all those negativity is gone. Um, but then the same could be said for Real Madrid, Harold, as well, couldn't they? I mean, they've just come back a very different team since lockdown um, and just romped to the title. Whereas prior to that, they were, they were you know, losing a few games unexpectedly. Yeah, a very different route to tonight because they've not been handing out five nils like, you know, Yes, yeah. <laughs> City have been just willy-nilly here and there. Uh, they've been a bit more disciplined, you know, tighter at the back. We, you know, winning quite a few games by the odd goal or two, two max, you know. So a results machine, really, more than, you know, just blasting teams away. 
Does that sorry to interrupt, but does that suggest then that there is kind of a, a more of a, a solidity now to Real Madrid, whereas previously there wasn't? And maybe yeah, even more were, that they're buying back into Zidane's kind of ethos again. Yeah, well, they were all over the place, <coughs> sorry, in March, to be honest, and were leaking yeah. goals all over the place. So I guess it was the obvious thing to to deal with. I mean, if I have pessimism for tonight, it is the unknown. I've literally, you know... <laughs> The difference, well, obviously Hazard's back, but he's not been as a success there so far, I know, but he is Hazard, so I'm not sure he'll start, to be honest, but again, if he comes off really? the bench, that's quite, oh, 50-50, I reckon, yeah. Okay. Uh, Asensio is probably more, you know, if he's available, more yeah. of a danger, I think, he wouldn't have been available, you know, originally in March. It's, it is the unknown. How, how do you know what these players in this unique situation four months after the first leg are going to do when they step onto a pitch in an empty stadium. Where it's uh, They've been playing in empty stadiums, they're kind of used to it, but this is the Champions League, it's different. Uh, it's a strange situation. I I agree with Aysan, uh, cue it being two all after eight minutes, but I think because of that, they don't want to concede the first goal, we don't want to concede the first goal. I expect a, a cagey start. Uh, yeah as they try and work each other out and the second half will be a lot more explosive. But, you know, when we make predictions like this, it never turns out that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who who knows? As you say, it's it's such a lottery in a way because we've lost so many advantages, but we still have that big advantage, which is, of course, the score from the first leg. So they have to score two minimum, come what may, to go through. So... It'll be interesting to see Pep's uh, approach to this, which I assume will just be a normal one. You know, he doesn't shut up. He's not going to park the bus, is he? Uh, but I don't think he's going to pick a formation that will be... He's obviously not gung-ho. He's going to be to replicate the discipline of that first leg, I reckon. So. Well, yeah, I think we can anticipate two holding midfielders in the yeah. form of Gundo and Rodri tonight. Um, so Twitter will explode to that, no doubt. Um and you've kind of already half answered this, but does the absence of Sergio Aguero and Sergio Ramos cancel each other out, or are Real Madrid more at, at a disadvantage? I think they're more at a disadvantage just because he's their their leader at the back. Mm. He's their he's really their talisman. Um, so I think he'll definitely be a big miss for them. Uh, whereas on the flip, I'm not convinced that Con would start. And that's not to say that I wouldn't start him. I'm just not convinced that Pep would start him because, you know, I could just totally see Guardiola plumping for Jesus in a game like this, Jesus and Sterling. Um, particularly because it's not like we're chasing the game and need four goals, right? It's, it's almost a game that we want to play, not within ourselves, but kind of play with the attitude of, come on, Madrid. And at the same time thinking, let's wait for our chance because the chance will come. And when it comes, we just have to be clinical. And then that'll take all the wind out of their sails. Um, so yeah, I think that that's my, I think that's my vibe on the, on the Ramos Aguero thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Howard, you said there you're 50 50 about Hazard playing. I'm fearful of him starting and running at speed at an exposed city backline. Kind of what elements, what possibilities concern you most about tonight, particularly from a city perspective? Kind of, you know, what weaknesses do you think that they might try to capitalize on? Yeah, it's sort of speed always worries me. I mean, it's not just a, a city thing, it's speed worries defenders. And yeah. as you say, high line, 
and it's linked to the other concern, which is really with the Garcia issue. So yeah. again, we've got a yeah. defensive issue. Uh, let's not forget the first leg. Otamendi started. The uh, port went off injured after half an hour, so it was Otamendi and Fernandinho for an hour in the Bernabeu, and didn't do too badly, did they? But of course, if Otamendi was picked, you know, at seven o'clock tonight, his name was listed, then Twitter will literally melt down into lava. <laughs> so, of City Twitter will. Uh, that is still an issue there with Highline, of course. I don't want you know. Can I you don't build an a, argument I, for? I don't want a ridiculous Highline. Sorry, that's for starters. Uh, but Fernandino is is he has he is thirty five now he's he's not as fast as he was so mm. go on pace then so can you build an argument for Otamendi is there anything in the way that Benzema plays that would make either of you think Pep could go for Otamendi my argument for him and like Gundogan is that they're suited to the competition the stalwarts of the competition. But the problem with Otamendi is 70 minutes, brilliant, then does something ridiculous. So it's not general play with Otamendi as much as anything. Mm. As you say, he played the first leg. It was only, it was four months ago. The situation was the same then. Our, our feelings about him were the same then as they are now. So it, I don't know. I don't, I mean, <laughs> we'd, we'd rather see, rather see Fernandinho, but that's not a perfect solution. Just thinking Fernandinho... I mean, has he played there since the lockdown? Has he played no, much I football? Can't, I can't see him starting there tonight, to be honest. Who? I think it is the case of Otamendi or Garcia. Wait a minute. So does Johnny Stones not get a look in here? I don't no. think he does. I, I don't think Pep trusts him. Interesting. I, I, I just, it's a not personal a interpretation. It's not I, just injury for me. I, I don't think that Pep trusts John Stones. And so when you get to the games like this, he's going to look elsewhere. Mm, I, think it, I think it shows from the conversation that we're having that it's probably... Uh, the only real big decision that Guardiola needs to make in terms of selections, or certainly the only yes. headache that you think that he would have, because I don't think that it's a bad thing to have to choose between Mares, Bernardo, and potentially Foden. Again, I don't think it's a bad thing to try and decide whether you're going to play with Jesus as a false nine or Sterling mm-hmm. through the middle. I think the midfield options uh, are fantastic. Um, I think that. At left back, Cancelo's almost done enough for us to feel like fine. He can start there against Madrid. We're not going to panic about that. Walker's had uh, uh, a season of showing me up to be a mug, so you know, <laughs> shout out to Walker for that. So yeah, I mean, it's really just the only for me the only real selection question is that centre back situation and 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 how Pep deals with it. Well, I mean, let's just kind of touch a bit on the left-back situation because I also believe Cancelo will start and I'd be happy with that considering what I've seen of him so far in that position. But is there an argument for someone else, Howard, or is it just kind of a shoo-in that it's going to be Cancelo there? Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, Jack yeah. made a point on yesterday's pod. He's not played with, you know, I'm thinking Jesus on the left or an out-and-out striker, but he's not, they've not played together. But then Cancelo's just not played much on the left, so yeah. I'm not sure if how big a... I mean, for Pep, it might be an issue, but you know, if they're working on it in in training, they've had 10, 11 days to, to well, think about I was stuff like this. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for me. I mean, Pep spent virtually a full fortnight now concentrating only on this game, getting a blue shape and intentions nailed down. Asan, 
I know you, you kind of get a bit irked sometimes if people suggest that Pep overthinks certain formations, but is there a danger nope. with so much time <laughs> that this might be a case that he nope. might go a little left field, a little bit funky, try something a bit different and it backfires? No, I just, I don't, I, I don't, um, uh, how do I say this? I, I, I have far too much respect for Pep Guardiola as a coach and a tactician to as a basically a no mark podcaster to sit on a <laughs> podcast and be like yeah pep overthinks it's it's just not it's just not an acceptable thing to say really uh, from from my point of view pep's earned the right to pick whatever player in whatever position he wants except for Otamendi tonight at center back that's pretty much the only moment where i might be throwing something but other than that like the notion of you know if pep does like let's let's think about some mad things that pep could do right i don't think that he's going to mess with the back four so what i mean by that is there's no chance that zinchenko starts mendy can't start so it will be cancelo walker's definitely starting the center back situation is what it is so then if you look in front of that there's not a lot of mad things that he can do. So if he, if he, for whatever reason, decides to go with David Silva instead of one of Gundo or Rodri, nobody's going to go, oh my God, that's mad. And yeah. um, if he decides to start with Foden instead of Mares and Bernardo, nobody's going to go, oh wow, that's mad. If he decides to start with a false nine, yeah, whether it's Bernardo or it's KDB, well, he did that at the Bernabeu and he won. Well, so, sorry to interject that example, just on that last point, can you see that happening? Do you think there's definitely a chance of a forwardless line? Um, no. Um, if you don't think it, it's going to happen, is there a logic, is there an argument for it? For what, a forwardless line? Well, you know, kind of in a similar setup to, to what we did at the Bernabeu and kind of, you know, kind of uh, KDB and Bernardo Silva as false nines and you know, Jesus kind of coming in from out wide. Is there kind of an argument there to kind of um, not go with a standard setup of a front three? Uh, yes, but I don't think that Pep will replicate what he did at the Bernabeu because I think that Zidane will see that coming. I think yeah. Pep will want to do something different to what he did at the Bernabeu. So I don't envisage it being four four two stroke four two three one whatever however you want to kind of describe that formation in the Bernabeu. Um, we played obviously with Mares and with Jesus very wide and with Bernardo and KDB basically trying to play in between the lines between their midfield and and, mm. uh, and the centre backs and it did to some extent it really did work and it did cause them problems but I would expect that Pep will want a little bit more focus on getting centrally trying to get in behind them. And for that reason, I would expect that he'll have at least one player pushed up further against their bat line rather than both of them coming back towards our midfield. Because I think, I, I think we talked, we covered this a little bit on the show we did on Wednesday, but uh, Michael Cox did a great piece in The Athletic about this as well, which you can dig out and check out. But basically, like at the Bernabeu, the idea was that KDB and Bernardo drop deep, right? And that disrupts their their backline, Madrid's backline. And the space that's left, the two really wide players, Jesus and Mares, they run into that space and, and we find passes uh, for them. Um, I think that as much as we'll want to do that, we'll also want a central threat 
tonight. And actually, that's the super interesting thing for me is does he use Jesus as that central threat or does he actually stick Sterling up there? Because Sterling is even more comfortable running in behind and they, uh, and they kind of approach it from that angle. And Jesus almost does the, the defensive winger job that he did at the Bernabeu. But that, like those are, that's an interesting, that's an interesting kind of tactical uh, thing to look out for or conundrum. And I think that it's too easy after a game that you've not won to go, ooh, Pep overthought that. I think, you know, Guardiola makes changes in almost every game that he plays yeah. and nobody ever goes, he's a tactical genius because he did this against Burnley or this against Sheffield United or, you know, he made this adaptation 25 minutes into a game because he, he saw a weakness in the opposition or he saw a weakness in his own team's performance. Those things are always brushed under the carpet. And then the minute you lose game, it's like, I ah, overthought that. So no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going with the pep will overthink. I'm going with, uh, Pepper's got decisions to make and he will make them. Okay. okay. Uh, I, just, I think a left field formation would have been more likely if we'd lost the first leg. Mm. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well on that topic, actually, um, coming at it from a psychological standpoint, um, a bugbear of mine is when people say, you know, 2 0 is a dangerous lead and all the rest of it. Um, but this is a tricky one, really, psychologically to kind of adjust to, isn't it? A 2 1 win away from home, and now you're at home, second leg. Do you kind of play cautiously and look to kind of hit them, you know, on the break and or do you kind of, you know, look to kind of kill a tie off? I mean, what would be your personal preference uh, for that, Howard? Uh, ne- well, neither. You just play you get your game. <laughs> right, okay. I, th- I think so. You have to just, you know, blot out that. Can you do that, though, in reality? I mean, that's the ideal uh, scenario, of course, but... In well, reality, you play a normal game, you know. <laughs> you try to defend, you try to attack, but you don't pile forward because you don't need four goals. So yeah. there's no panic. It's about, play- if you play your normal game, what happens, happens. So there's obviously that huge desire, in a way, oh, I was going to say that terrible thing, <laughs> City scoring doesn't make any difference because they'd still have to score two, which is not true because they scored two, it would go to extra time rather yeah. than yeah. Anyway, it's you know the bizarre thing of the away goes, which I despise. I think <laughs> no, they neither Gunko nor and Pep would never do this as I've said, play really defensively. You just play your normal game. So that's all they yeah. can do. Just yeah, play the ninety minutes that's in front of you. If okay. ever there was a night to play like it's nil nil, I think tonight's the night to play like it's nil nil. I think if you, I think if City go there with the mentality of this tie's not over, it's nil nil, we have to go and win tonight. I think City can go and win tonight, and I think that that's the mentality they need to carry. I think that any type of, uh, I'm not contradicting my earlier thing about it not being aggressive in the first 20 minutes because I'm not convinced that it'll be aggressive from either side in the first 20 minutes but what I mean by that is that I think that City will take the approach that we have to win we have to score a goal and it'll be a bit like the Bernabeu in that we've got to be make sure that the back door's not left open but there'll be a plan and if we go in yeah I mean it's Silly thing to say in a way, but I think that that idea of thinking it's nil-nil and thinking you've got to go and win the tie, I think it might suit us tonight. Well, I've got an Evertonian uh, mate who has a lot of money riding on a City win tonight uh, and he could have cashed out for a couple hundred quid and I, I said, you really should cash out before 
much of a game. But he said exactly the same. He said he believes that City are going to go into this game believing that they have to win it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, but let's say if that's not the case, let's say it all unravels and quite quickly. And let's say that we're all wrong and it is quite a, an aggressive start, particularly from Real Madrid. Let's say that Real Madrid take a 2-0 lead. How much of a disadvantage then will it be to have no fans there present, Aysan? I mean, you know, that's when you really look I, to I think we're. I think we have a massive disadvantage at the supporters not being there full yeah. stop because I think that um, one of the things that we can be proud of in the Champions League is the supporters right even if the team haven't done it the supporters have been there until the very 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 end yeah and I think that even the the waves and the momentum in ties that we've lost, I'm thinking particularly of Liverpool at the Etihad and, and Spurs at the Etihad. Even if we've lost those ties, the 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 the, the things that happen positively for City, they are from momentum generated from the, yes. the, the supporters. So I think in either case, it's a huge disadvantage for us to not have the the supporters there. So, Howard, could it be said that if we go out of the tournament, we, there could be an asterisk ne- next to our kind of um, departure this year? <laughs> no. No? Okay. <laughs> Don't want to hear that word again. Yeah. I can't say it. I <laughs> no, I can't. I, I say that Belgian cartoon character all the time. <laughs> I've got a bit of a lisp. It's the worst word in the, the world. It's a terrible word to say. But no, I mean, what, what can you say? It is what it is. It's like... We've lost a huge number of advantages from that game not being played when it should have yes. been in March, but nothing yeah. we can do about it now. You have to get on with it. Well, get on with it, we will. And there's uh, not long now for kickoff. Less than, was it less than 10 hours to go and the excitement to build in. Um, okay, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining me today, Sam. Absolute pleasure, mate. And thank you very much, Howard. Yeah, pleasure. Look forward to Phil Foden appearing on the team sheet at seven o'clock. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think I think I might make I think that if Foden starts, I'm gonna give Guardiola the Otamendi pass if he decides to play Otamendi. I won't <laughs> throw my TV out my window and then go outside and then throw it back in the window, which is basically what I said that I'd do um if Otamendi started. But if if he gives Foden a start, I'll let him I'll let him play Otamendi. Okay, well, City unquestionably have a love-hate relationship with the Champions League and a hate-hate relationship with UEFA. So it may be tempting to think it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world if we don't progress this evening. After all, the new league season begins soon enough, and that's our bread and butter, right? But great teams achieve greatness, and ultimately, it's not for us to define that. We can tell our grandkids that we were fortunate enough to witness an amazing side, coached by a bona fide genius. But that's just word of mouth. Whereas the history books and videotape, they shout and reverberate unchallenged through the generations. We're just four games away from achieving that, and we're four games away from seeing Pep Guardiola lift the golden goose of a putrid organisation that set out to nobblers from the get-go. Tonight, we face a club that epitomises the clicky establishment that we're kicking against. I'm well up for this. I'll be screaming at the telly, believing the players can hear me, and I urge you to do the same. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. And forever up the blues. Up the blues!